Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And as you're making your holiday travel plans, remember johnnydollarair.com first. johnnydollarair.com is a Priceline affiliate link. So part of the purchase price supports the great detectives of old-time radio at no additional cost to you. So remember, when making your travel plans, check johnnydollarair.com first. Well, now it is time for the conclusion of this week's Yours Truly Johnny Dollar Serial. The original air dates June 13th, 14th, and 15th, 1956. It's The Laughing Matter, Episodes 3, 4, and 5. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Capitan Davidro Paral, senor, of the Ensenada Police. Oh, hi, Paral. I tried to call you a few minutes ago. We've had a shooting out here at the hotel. And uh, somebody, she's uh, dead, No, senor. no, nobody's dead. The bullet missed. Somebody fired a shot from the terrace into one of the rooms. I am flush with the red light, senor. I make the siren. I'm uh, come like the wind. Good. But will you do me one thing before you blow up a storm? Mother, say. There's a man missing from his room here, a friend of the man who was shot at. He must be around town somewhere. Where is he? He's an Americano, about 45, named Frank Maltz. Bueno, we'll find him. I'm going to make one uh, APCT. B, you mean? APB. C. APB, like on radio in Los Estados. All right, hop to it, Perel. Uh, si, senor. Uh, senor, what it is, this APB? <laughs> Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Ensenada, Mexico... To the Home Office, Union States Casualty Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, The Laughing Matter. Expense account continued. <laughs> Item six, one dollar, a pot of coffee from the hotel kitchen, special. It was 1 a.m., I'd been half asleep when the shot was fired, and I hoped the coffee would help get me at least half awake. I hadn't expected it to happen that way, and neither had good old lovable Charlie Burton, America's favorite TV comic, according to his press agents. Charlie had called it a joke, but he wasn't laughing now, and neither was I. Charlie's life was insured for a half million bucks, payable to his sponsor. Where he is, senor, this uh, man who was get shot? He didn't get shot, Peral. He got shot at. Well, see, it's what I wish to say, but the tongue is no make English too good. Oh, you're doing fine. The manager gave Bert another room, inside, away from the terrace here. He's probably got the door locked and the furniture piled in front of it. Monday? I mean, he's scared, very scared. Comprende? Oh, si, si. Él tiene mucho miedo. Yeah, I guess so. Now, according to his story, he was asleep here on this side of the bed. Someone fired the shot from outside on the terrace. It broke the window there. And the bullet lodged here in the bed, about six inches above Burton's head, where he was lying on the pillow. Si, yo puedo verlo. 
And then he is wake up quick. He is um, is no see nobody, senor. He's no hear nobody. No, he was too scared to know. He jumped out of bed, ran down the inside corridor, and banged on my door. I searched the terrace right away and didn't find a thing. And uh, these other people, uh, which I work for him to make the television, they are also having room which are close to this? Peral, your tongue may not make the English too good, but there's nothing wrong with your head. Mandelstein? I mean, you're okay, amigo. You're a good cop. <laughs> Gracias, senor. Yes, yes, any one of them could have fired that shot. And they're being which ones, these people? Well, there's Frank Maltz. He's the producer of the Charlie Burton show. He's the one who was missing from his room, the one I asked you to locate. I see, you see. Then there's Gloria Dale. She's the feminine star of the show. She's in the third room down. Uh, she is in the room of her when the shoot was fired? Yeah, yeah, she'd gone to bed. I, I had to beat on the door to wake her. She hadn't even heard the shot. She'd been pretty upset. She'd... Well, she'd been drinking earlier. See. It's always the same. These Americanas ladies, which have come to Ensenada, always they are drink too much. Eh, you may be right. Anyway, the third member of the group is Al Schreiber, second room down. He's an actor, too. And where he is when these things happen? In bed, so he says. The shot woke him up, and he came out into the corridor while Burton was banging on my door. And these are all, senor? Yep, that's the bunch. Which one you are think is not like this, Charlie? Every single one of them hates him. Hmm. Then there's another possibility, too. That girl I asked you to check on earlier, the maid who works here at the hotel. You see, La Senora Evelina Morales. Pues, we have looking, but we are not find her yet. Oh? Ella no está en casa. She are no at her house, senor. Oh, I see. Ni el marido tampoco es. Also, the, um, how you say, her, her husband is gone. Oh, then she is married. Oh, si, senor. You're still looking for her, aren't you? Well, si, senor. No tenga cuidado. It's no big town, Ensenada. We are find her too soon now. I think it's for me, yo creo. I am tell the manager I was here. La policía acá. Si, Capitán de Vidro Paral. ¿Dónde? Bien, si. Muy bien. Bien, adiós. This man you are say have disappeared, senor. Frank Moss. He yeah, was now be found. Where is he? It's a cantina, a, a nightclub. It's called the Ventiuno. Ventiuno. Where is it? In town somewhere? You see, it is the, um, how you say, senora, it's one big uh, hot spot. Item seven, one dollar, taxi into town. Peral stayed at the hotel to talk to Charlie Burton and the others. I thought it might do some good, at least by keeping them off balance. Regardless of his knowledge of English, Peral was a smart lad, and his eyes never missed a thing. The Ventayuna may have been a hot spot earlier, but at this time of night it was almost deserted. There were a few weary B-girls drowsing at the bar, a scant handful of last-ditch patrons, and Frank Maltz, alone at a table, glowing with mellow geniality and bottled health. <laughs> well, now, another night out with insomnia and a taste for dives. Pull up a chair, Johnny. Thanks. Been here long? Forever. Oh. At least for years and years. I am part of the place, my boy. 
These worm-eaten rafters, the crumbling walls, this musty aroma of ancient tequila that was spilt on these tiles long before you were even born. I see. You see, the place was built by the conquistadores, and I dropped in the very next day. I've been here ever since. Maltz, look, John. Now, now, speak softly, softly, friend. This is hallowed ground. This is the meeting place. This is the crossroads, you see, for two separate worlds. The tourists come traipsing down from Beach Boulevard up there. They call it slumming. And the townsfolk come up from Gastelum and Balboa, and they all meet here. And they drink tequila, and then they dance the fandango. Hey, amigo, how about playing a fandango? Hmm? <laughs> no, he can't hear, you know, because he is dead. We are all dead here, Johnny. You know something, Maltz? Hmm? You're not nearly as plastered as you're pretending to be. I know that, Johnny. Have you been here all evening, here in the Ventayuna? <laughs> How do you like that name, Ventayuna? It means a 21, you yeah, know. Yeah, I know, I know. Have you been here in the 21 all evening? Oh, no. I've been in all of them. I just ended up here. Ever see a better place to end up, Johnny? Where were you around 12.40 tonight? What? What are you driving at? Somebody took a shot at Charlie Burton tonight. Ooh, I got my fingers crossed, did they? No, no, they didn't hit him. Uh, well, maybe they'll have another chance. Not if I can prevent it. Now, that's why you were checking times on me, huh? You think uh, I maybe made a clay pigeon out of that rat. Did you? <laughs> Johnny, I left the hotel at 10 o'clock. I've been a lot of places since, but not back there. I don't know where I was at 12.40. Maybe some bartender around town will know. I have seen them all tonight, one time or another. This lush stuff seems to be a habit with all of you, including Gloria. Well, stick around Burton a month, you'll know why. So, why do you stick around him? Me, personally, there's a couple of reasons, I guess. I'm trying to help somebody else, for one thing. Well, myself at the same time, of course. Meaning? Al Schreiber, the kid is great, Johnny, he really is. And it'll be his show next year. If we can hang on. And for the same sponsor. With you, producer? Well, that's right. They're fed up with Charlie Burton, and they've got reason to be. He's a phony name, Johnny, nothing else. It's a fake. It's a build-up. They've got to spend more on press relations now than it costs to produce the show. Then with Charlie out of it, you and Al would be in. Is that the way it stacks up? <laughs> that's right. You said you had a couple of reasons for staying on. Now, forget it. The second one is not important. It's... It's... It's a sob story. Well, it won't be the first one I've heard tonight. I'm married, you see, Johnny. 23 years now. And for the last eight, my wife has been completely paralyzed. Utterly helpless. She's in a sanitarium upstate. And she has to have special care. Special treatments. And it costs $350 a week, 52 weeks a year. So I stay on with Burton and I go on hating him. And whenever the hate gets too bad, I go up and see her. Well, she doesn't know me. She doesn't know anyone. She just lies there and breathes. But I, I, I look at her. And I remember how she was. And how I loved her. And I still love her, Johnny. So that's the way it is. I left him there in the cantina with his love and his hate and walked out into the street, empty and silent under the wheeling stars in the soft dark night. A lone dog sidled past, gray and gaunt, intent on some mission of his own, and faded into the shadows. And the town slept, 
its own loves and hates put aside until morning. Quiet town. Then the emptiness was filled with sound, and a flashing red light slashed the darkness. Morale of the Ensenada police. He said the maid from the hotel, Valena Morales, had come home. One of his sergeants was waiting there with her. The tiny room was lit by a flickering oil lamp and a candle burned beneath a crucifix on the wall above the bed. Cement floor and adobe walls, bare and clean, like the cell of a nun in a convent. She was young, pretty, and at the moment, very frightened. ¿Cuál señor? Un americano, el señor Carlos Burton. Ay, de mí. ¿Qué tengo yo que hacer? She talked, no half crying, and Peral translated. Charlie Burton, old, no lovable Charlie, had been bothering her, annoying her at the hotel. She tried to avoid him, but had made the mistake of telling her husband. He'd been furious and had come to the hotel earlier in the evening. That's when I'd seen the two of them arguing on the terrace. She hadn't seen him since. So, señor Dollar, what is it you are think? I think you'd better find a husband and find him quick. Johnny Dollar. This is Charlie Burton speaking. Oh, morning, Burton. So you're still alive, huh? If that was an attempt at humor, it was entirely out of. Well, it's early yet. I'm the comedian, and I'll make the jokes. Your job is to protect my life. Don't tell me you've been shot at again. This time of morning? Boy, whoever it is really must hate you, Burton. Dollar, so help me... So help you nothing. You may be good old lovable Charlie to 40 million television viewers, but to me, you're just a pain in the neck. I'll remind you, To my clients, you're worth a half million bucks because he was fool enough to write an insurance policy on your life, but not to me. My price on you is a fast three cents, give or take a couple. My life has been threatened. Sure, and that's why I'm here. But yesterday, when I tried to get you to cooperate, you called it a practical joke. Well, I'm not calling it that now. No, because somebody tossed a bullet at you last night and scared the living pants off of you. Well, call Captain Peral of the Ensenada Police. Uh, Mr. Dollar. Look, I need another hour's sleep, so don't phone my room again before 9 o'clock. Goodbye. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Ensenada, Mexico. To the Home Office, Union States Casualty Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the laughing matter. Expense account continued. Item 10, 50 cents, room service on a glass of orange juice. Another hour's sleep was out of the question. Just hearing his voice on the phone left me too mad to relax. One of America's most popular comedians, a living legend. And yet his whole cast, the people down here with him on location, hated the ground he walked on. Personally, I was on their side. But my job was to protect his life from some unknown enemy who'd sent him a threatening note. And last night, the threat had become action in the form of a shot fired from the darkness. It was my job to see that the killer didn't get a second chance. And that's what I was being paid for. And the fact that Charlie Burton was a Class A stinker was irrelevant. 
Frank Maltz, executive producer of The Charlie Burton Show, and practically the only early patron of the hotel breakfast room, was sitting at a table alone. Good morning, Johnny. I left him sitting in almost the same position at 2 o'clock in the morning. Only the table then was in a backstreet cantina in town. He was apparently remembering it, and he avoided my eyes until the waiter had brought my coffee and gone away. I guess I, uh, I made quite a fool of myself last night, huh? Oh, when was that? <laughs> nice of you to ask, Johnny. Mmm, this is good coffee. Mm. Oh, you'd been making the rounds last night, for whatever reasons, and you felt like talking. But I, uh, I wouldn't call that making a fool of yourself. All right. Thanks. You were sober enough when I left you. Oh, sure. You just sat there and let me talk it out. Where'd you go, anyway? I came out of the cantina a few minutes later, you disappeared. Captain Peral, Ensenada Police, picked me up in a prowl car. He'd located that maid from the hotel here. We went to her home and talked to her. So? Well, for the moment at least, you and Al and Gloria Dale are apparently off the hook. Oh? The maid says Burton was always annoying her whenever she was on duty here. He was. I told him to lay off. Well, her husband found out and came out here to the hotel yesterday evening. I saw him and his wife arguing out there on the terrace just after dusk. But I didn't know what it was all about at that time. Anyway, that's the last she saw him. He didn't come home last night and he's still missing. I just talked to Peral on the phone. They've got half the police force looking for him. And you figure he's the one who took a shot at Charlie last night. Kind of adds up, doesn't it? Well, I guess so. I hope they find him, Johnny, before he finds Charlie again. I'd hate to see a poor devil take a rap for killing a louse who isn't worth it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, the chances are they will. Didn't either one of you fellas ever get to bed last night? Not for long. Morning, Al. Oh, my goodness, Frank. You look awful, man. You must have slept on your face. I look the same as I look every morning. Want some breakfast, Al? No, thanks. I'm skipping it. I'm going to try to get in a dip in that pool before old blubber tummy oozes out of his feather bed. Oh, I don't think he'll be using the pool this morning. Not if he remembers what we're shooting today. It's that castaway sequence, isn't it? Yeah, we'll get that first. But later this afternoon, if the light on the water is okay, I want to get those shots of him swimming ashore. Good. Keep him on retakes till he gets waterlogged. It's, uh, it's kind of a slapstick desert island thing, Johnny. Oh? Yeah, yeah. You see, Charlie and I are supposed to have been on this yacht, and it sank. And I just disappear. But there's some stock shots of Charlie swimming like crazy in a stock shot of a deserted South Sea island. And finally, Charlie comes crawling up onto the beach. That's the sequence we're going to shoot this morning. I see. He's pooped. He's dying, you know. Then I step out from behind a bush, and I'm wearing a full-dress suit, white tie and tails. He thinks he's crazy or something. It starts building from there, then, Johnny. Yeah, I get the idea. He's thirsty, see? So I reach under my coat and bring out a soft drink, an ice-cold bottle. And I open it and give it to him. It says... Cut quality beverages on the bottle, C-O-T-T? Yeah, yeah. So, so Charlie asks, is it any good? And I say, it's cut, man. And he says, so what? And I say, so it's cut to be good. You see, Johnny, it, it's out-and-out out slapstick, but it works pretty well on camera. Yeah. yeah, it keeps building, you see. I keep producing things out of the bushes. A table and chair, tablecloth, dishes and silver, caviar, bottle of wine, roast turkey, then a string quartet, and finally a line of dancing girls. And the payoff's a shaggy dog. He says... Look, we were shipwrecked together. How you doing all of this? And I say, it's easy. I got a cousin in Congress. It's a lot better on film, Johnny. A lot better than it sounds, you know, stripped down this way. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not exactly a fan of Burton's. Oh, he's got some good stuff in this one, Mr. Dollar. In fact, he's got all the good stuff. Only thing I'm in there for is to feed him the lines. As usual, of course. If I ever get a decent role in his show, I'll drop dead. Oh, really? Attention! That's not funny, Al. 
At ease. I said it's not funny. You thought it was when you did it on the show last month. May I remind you that your services can be easily dispensed with? Good. Fire me. Al. If I could get out of this lousy contract with you, I could start on the PCT tomorrow. And at five times what you're paying Take me. Take it easy, Al. No, no, by all means. They'll Let's set talk. me up in my own show. And they'll put it in a time slot right opposite yours. In three months, Charlie, I could bump you clear off the screen. You don't say so. I'll beat it, will you? Okay, Frank. Sorry you had to get caught in the crossfire, Mr. Dollar. Nothing personal. Forget it. See you later, gentlemen. You'll be on that set in a half hour, not a minute later. Yes, sir. You certainly are one big happy family, aren't you? Dollar, that kid was a nobody when I picked him up. You're wrong, Charlie. That kid is a real talent, and you know it. You see? You see what I have to deal with? He's done as much for this show in the past year as you have. You see, Dollar, I'm forced to live in the very presence of my enemy. Who made them your enemies, Burton? Look... My only concern has always been the welfare of those less fortunate than myself. Those who depend on me for their professional careers and their livelihoods. I understand there's some difference of opinion about that. Well, it's envy. Nothing but envy. Would you like some more coffee, Johnny? No, thanks. I've had about all I can stand. Yeah, so have I. May I ask what you're doing to protect my life, Mr. Dollar, if anything at all? Oh, I've taken the usual routine precautions. Routine? I demand more than routine. Not from me. You don't demand anything. I'm working for the insurance company. Then I'll complain to them. Good, good. Why don't you cancel your policy at the same time? Then I can get off this assignment. Couldn't cancel it if I wanted to. My sponsors wouldn't allow it. It's for their protection, not mine. I know that. I think you'd like to see me murdered. Oh, no. No, you're wrong there. That would mean I'd uh, loused up an assignment and I'd take pride in my work. But you wouldn't care personally. Uh, no comments. I'll demand protection from the local police. You've already got it. Captain Peral had two men on duty there last night after that shot was fired, watching your room. I didn't see them. They didn't intend for you to see them. Relax, Burton. If the worst does happen, ballistics can probably identify the killer after we get the slug out of your body. Dollar, this is no laughing matter. Then why did you treat it like one? Why did you tear up that threatening letter? Why didn't you call the police in right then? Why didn't you cooperate with me yesterday when I got here? And why the devil did you make a pass at an 18-year-old girl in the first place and get her husband out gunning for you? You mean you know who's trying to kill me? If it's any satisfaction to you, Burton, just in case he gets past us, you probably have been killed by a man named Nacho Morales. His wife is a maid here at the hotel, as you no doubt know. Uh, that, uh, little native girl? Yeah. That little native girl. Oh, now, look. Look, both of you. No, I was wrong. I admit it. I just, just lost my head, I guess. When a man's under pressure all this time, as I am, he doesn't always think straight. Now, I didn't mean any harm toward her. Maybe you'll be able to convince Nacho of that if he waits long enough to listen. No, don't, don't, please. I, I know you hate me. All of you do, but... I'm not as bad as you think. You just don't know the load a star has to carry. Then why don't you tell us about it? You, Frank... You don't think I'm being fair with Al. You think I'm holding him back, not giving him a chance. Well, you're wrong. I'm actually carrying him, teaching him things I've learned over the years. Oh, he knows quite a bit now, Charlie. So you don't believe me? You don't think I know what I'm talking about? Well, let's... All right. All right, I'll show you. Al said he was written down in today's sequence. He said that I, I had the great role. You heard him say well, it. Well, yes, Then Charlie, let him have it. I'll what? trade with him. You mean that? Yes, I mean it. Let him change any line he wants. To fit his style, he can play it any way he likes. 
I'll take that role he says is so bad, and I'll still come out the star. All right, all right, all right. Charlie, we'll have a go at it. Fine. I'll see you on the set unless somebody manages to kill me first. Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, I never thought I'd live to see the day. Yeah, that shot last night must have really shaken him up. Oh, that kid will make him look sick, Johnny. He doesn't know what he's in for. Well, there's one way to find out. Oh, wait a minute, Johnny. I've been thinking about something you said. Oh? That maid, uh, Morales' wife, does she speak English? Nope, just Spanish. Well, what about her husband? Same deal, only Spanish. Well, but the note, Johnny, the murder threat Charlie got, that was written in English. Yeah, I know. The South Sea Island set was built on the beach at the far end of the bay. The technicians and the rest of the cast were already there when Maltz and I arrived, and they started shooting 15 minutes later. Gloria Dale wasn't in the sequence, so she slept in at the hotel. Some of Captain Peral's men were on hand, on the lookout for Nacho Morales, but he didn't show. By three in the afternoon, they were nearly finished. They'd shot the last scene once, but Maltz decided on a retake. So Hal sat down again at the fully laid table on the beach, and they started to roll. He poured himself another glass of colored water from the prop wine bottle and began to carve the roast turkey while he exchanged lines with Burton. Then suddenly Al missed a cue, faltered on a line. And Maltz cut the cameras. Al pushed back from the table, stood up slowly, then staggered and fell. I rushed toward him, pushed through the crowd that was gathering, and kneeled down beside him. But he was already dead. Johnny Dollar. And would you ask, John? Oh, it is you. Was there some doubt about it? No, but I was phoning Captain Peral. He's out of his office at the moment. What's the matter, Burton? Somebody's shooting at you again? That's not funny, Mr. Dollar. Who's laughing? A man's been murdered, you know. And I think that's anything but a laughing matter. I said, who's laughing? And except for the whims of fate, it might well be me lying dead at this moment. And that's really why you're upset, isn't it, Burton? Because it might have been you. You're not really concerned about Al's death. Extremely fond of the boy. You were no fonder of him than he was of you, so save that good old lovable Charlie business for your television audience. I never did buy it myself. Dollar, may I remind you that your position... I know my position in it. I'm an Ensenada to protect your life because some company was crazy enough to write a half-million-dollar policy on you. All right, you're still alive, aren't you? Goodbye, Burton. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Ensenada, Mexico, to the Home Office, Union States Casualty Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, The Laughing Matter. Expense account, final page. Item 12, 50 cents, two bottles of beer, one for myself and one for Capitan Peral. We sat in his office in the Comandancia de Police and drank them slowly and watched the sun sink behind the headlands across the bay. And we waited. The daytime heat reluctantly loosened its grip, and the town, pushing off the lethargy of afternoon, stirred to the quickened pace of evening. A sprinkling truck passed slowly, sweeping the dusty, rutted street with a spurting broom of water. Gleeful kids ran out behind it and splashed in the puddles, squealing happily. Spanish squeals they were. The Comandancia off the tourist beat, and all the while, somewhere back inside the building, an autopsy surgeon worked on a corpse. Bueno, señor. Ya está listo. The medico is all finished now. Well, what's the verdict, Perot? It's what we are thinking. 
El se mató por veneno. He was, um, how you say, uh, poison. What kind of poison? El dice uh, cianura. How you call it? Cyanide? Si, senor, cyanide. And he are say also are very much cyanide in this bottle which you has give to me. Yeah, yeah, I thought it smelled like it. Al drank a glass and a half out of it and then dropped dead right in front of the camera. And you are saying the wrong man has drunk it, the, the wrong one is get killed, no? That's right. Charlie Burton was supposed to play that role himself. But this morning at breakfast, he agreed to let Al have the part. I was there, I heard it. So if he was not do that, uh, he is one who will be dead now. Sure, Charlie Burton himself. And it figures, Peral. He's been the target all along. That threatening note that was slipped under his door, somebody firing a shot at him last night. See, si, seguro. Then when they finally got their punch in, they tagged the wrong guy. I don't understand what has happened to this Nacho Morales. Hmm, Valena's husband, the maid at the hotel that Charlie kept annoying. Ensenada, I know, is one big place. It's very small, this town. And we are look every place, senor, but we are no find this man. I don't know, Peral. And yet I got a hunch he's the key to this whole thing. We find him, senor. It's no way for escape this town. We find him muy pronto now. You bet your life. Item 13, $1.40. Taxi back to the hotel. Lights were coming on. A cool breeze was starting to blow in off the Pacific, and the whole town was brightening up to the challenge of the night. But not me. Technically, of course, the job I'd been sent here to do was still under control. Big-time comedian Charlie Burton, a great big lovable scream to his public, had been insured by his television sponsor for a half million bucks. Then Burton had received the anonymous note threatening his life. So I was here to protect the insurance company's investment. I didn't care personally what happened to Burton. It was just a job. But I did care about Al. Johnny. Mm. Oh, hello, Gloria. What is it, Johnny? What happened? No one seems to know anything definite about it. Al Shriver's dead. Poisoned. That's all I know about it. Come on in the lounge. I'll buy you a drink. All right, Johnny. Have they found that man who was missing? What's his name? Nacho Morales. No, he's still missing. This table all right? Sure, anywhere. Waiting. Two margaritas, please. Frank Maltz said something about Charlie and Al changing parts. Yeah. Maltz got Charlie mad, and he made the switch to prove a point. What point? That Al wasn't ready for a starring role. Oh, that's right. You didn't come down for breakfast this morning. No, I wasn't in today's scenes, so I just slept in. It's just as well. It wasn't a very pretty sight. Oh, it's a rotten shame. Al was a real swell guy. Con permiso, senor Oh, here you are. Gracias, senor. Boy, the irony in this world, Johnny. What do you mean? Charlie Burton, who's been a rat all his life, makes his usual crude play for the maid here in the hotel, and what happens? Her husband hits back at the wrong man. Al gets killed. A kid who'd never harm anybody in his life, and Charlie gets off scot-free. I was with Captain Peral last night when he talked to the Morales girl, not his wife. She doesn't speak any English, Gloria. And she says her husband doesn't either. Well, he wouldn't need to, would he, to pull a trigger or poison a bottle of Maybe water? not. But he would, in order to write a threatening note in English. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. If Nacho's in it, he's not in it alone. And I've got a hunch he's... Oh, thanks. Johnny Dollar. This is uh, Capitan Parral, senor. What is it, Parral? We have just found this man, Nacho Morales. Good, I'll be right down. But, Johnny, do you think Frank Maltz might have... Not if he was after Charlie Burton. He knew that Al, not Burton, was going to drink out of that bottle. But didn't everybody know that? No, not everybody, Gloria. You didn't. 
Nacho Morales was sitting alone in the starkly burned detention room of the Comandancia. He was a small man, maybe a few years older than his wife. A field worker with gnarled hands and a bent back. He was waiting patiently, quietly, gripping the brim of his sombrero in his hands, trying to hide the fear, the terror that lay just behind his eyes. His eyes flickered slightly as Peral and I opened the steel grill door. And then he waited. Buenos dias, hombre. Buenos dias, capitán. Tu eres Nacho Morales, es verdad? Sí, señor. ¿Y eres tu esposa de Evelina Morales? Sí, señor. ¿Cómo pasó la noche, hombre? Pues, uh, Locked off sí, by the barrier of language, regular. I watched while Peral questioned him, stopping now and then to translate. En la barca de pesca, then Peral asked the question that started the avalanche. Why did you try to kill that man last night? In answer to Peral's accusation, Nacho's story poured out in a flood of Spanish. And as I stood there listening to it translated, I began to feel sick inside. I'd been blind. All the facts were there, all the evidence. And I'd still failed to spot the play. Nacho's story was the key, it fit, and I knew he was telling the truth. He'd been hiding out on a friend's fishing boat since the night before. He knew he'd be accused, because he had been at the hotel when the shot was fired through Burton's window. He was hiding in the shrubbery by the terrace, and he'd seen the whole thing. The shot had been fired by Charlie Burton himself. Who is it? Johnny Dollar. I want to talk to you, Burton. All right, just a minute. And what is it, Dollar? Have they caught that killer yet? Nacho Morales, you mean? Yeah. Peral picked him up about an hour ago. I just came from there. Has he confessed? No, he hasn't. Well, they ought to beat it out of him. That's the only way to make that kind talk. It is, huh? Sit down, Burton. I think you're due for a shock. What are you talking about? Nacho didn't try to kill you. Well, then who did? Nobody. Are you crazy? What about Al Shriver? I suppose he's not even dead. Oh, he's dead, all right. You ought to know. You killed him. That was your whole plan, wasn't it, Burton? To kill Al Shriver and get away with it. Everything else was a preliminary buildup. Oh, that's very funny. You ought to be on television. Well, there's going to be an opening soon. You wrote that threatening letter yourself. What? And then tore it up after Maltz had seen it so it couldn't be traced back to you. You get better all the time. You fired that shot through your window from the terrace there. More buildup. Then you made your play that phony argument this oh, morning. Oh, no, really? Switching Dollar. parts with Al, putting him on the spot, making it look as though somebody had tried to poison you and missed. It was fairly clever, Burton, but you're still going to be tagged for it. Does Peral know all this? Why don't you ask him? I'll be glad to step... All right, Dollar. Don't move. Get your hands up now. Real slow. Is that the same gun you used last night? You're wrong, you know. I'm not going to be tagged. Relax, Burton. There's no capital punishment in Mexico. You can star in all the prison shows. You're too smart, Dollar. You're like Al. And you know what happened when he got too smart. You have dropped this gun, senor. Paral. I started to tell you I'd be glad to call him that he was listening out there on the terrace. He's gone. You drop quick. No. Look out, Paral. <laughs> Mira, senor. I am not shoot too bad, I think. No. No, not bad at all, Peral. 
Well, he asked for it. I am see he is go to pull his trigger, so I are to shoot much fast. Bam, bam, bam. I tell you, he's look very surprised, senor. Yeah. It's too bad he couldn't have seen the look on his face. A comedian would have really appreciated it. Why, he'd have died laughing. Item 14, $462.30. Hotel and miscellaneous in Ensenada and transportation back to Hartford. Expense account total, $791.55. End of account, end of report. Remarks? Ray Policy on the life of Charles Z. Burton, deceased. Refer clause 34, subparagraph C, quote, If the insured dies while committing a felony, this policy is null and void, unquote. The Superior Court of Baja California rules that Burton was shot while resisting arrest and committing an assault with a deadly weapon. So you can keep your half million bucks. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Now, here's our star to tell you about next week's intriguing story. Next week... A frantic chase across the country after a girl who couldn't possibly exist. Then suddenly turned up. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Les Crutchfield, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in this week's cast were Virginia Gregg, John Daner, Lucille Meredith, Lawrence Dobkin, Gil Stratton, Harry Bartell, and Don Diamond. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino and Carl Fortina. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Roy Rowan speaking.
Welcome back. The Laughing Matter is a decent Johnny Dollar story with some really solid performances. Larry Dopkin in episode 3 as the producer did a solid, very well-balanced performance that was really emotional, and I think that the plot line is also pretty good. Although I think that Gloria essentially seemed to fade out of the suspect list after episode 2. The big problem is that John Daner makes for an incredibly unbelievable comedian. Of course, comedians can be nasty and bullies, and there have been some fascinating portrayals of twisted comedians in media. But if you want to make that work, a guy should at least have some level of mirth but with malevolence behind it. I could see Daner as like some sort of dramatic ham gone mad with ego, but as a comic, no. Charlie Burton is a man without any redeeming value other than his ability to be flustered by Johnny, which hardly counts for much at all. I think the story's point is that there are entertainers who are entirely different behind the public veneer, but you have to at least show the veneer they put up, and I just couldn't buy Charlie Burton. The story does have a clever twist of Charlie being the perpetrator rather than the target. That's undermined a bit by him being such a transparently awful human being. I actually think that while it was not as good an overall story as this, the Lair Douglas Douglas of Heather's scope matter was more clever in that regards because for four episodes we thought the killer was an eccentric old woman and the twist that she's actually this monster is quite uh, shocking. Uh, in this case, learning Charlie Burton engineered an elaborate hoax as a cover for murdering a young man with his whole life ahead of him so that he could stay on television for an additional season was more like, yeah, that makes sense, I can totally see that. Well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback. And uh, Saysoff had a comment uh, regarding Richard Crenna. Uh, I talked about a few weeks ago, uh, and he says, Adam, here's a bit of trivia about Richard Crenna, which will drive you even more mad. From 1950 to 55, during most of the time he was playing geeky Walter Denton, he was a married guy. Yeah, think about it, Walter Denton as a married guy. Well, thanks so much for the comment, Saysov. It's an interesting bit of trivia. He was married at the age of 24, which I don't think anybody would have thought anything about at the time, though we would consider it kind of young today. Again, I, th I think it's television that exposes the weirdness, because you could do all sorts of odd things over radio, and it would be absolutely fine. Eddie Firestone Jr. on that Brewster Boy and a wide variety of other series played much younger characters. Ezra Stone started playing Henry Aldrich when he was 20, left the series to go off and serve in the war, and continued to play Aldrich until he was 34. Because certain actors have the ability just to go into that sort of younger voice and be believable about it. But you can't do that on camera. 
uh, I had a birthday recently, and one of my presents was Season 1, Volume 1 of Armis Brooks. And my wife generally doesn't watch old programs with me, but since it was my birthday, I got her to watch the first episode of Armis Brooks on TV. And she'd heard a couple radio programs several years back, and the moment Richard Krennic came in and opened his mouth, and that voice came out, my wife was like, what is this? What is he doing? And honestly, you know, I think there are some actors who, in their mid-twenties, can pull off looking like a teenager. Just Richard Crenna wasn't one of them, particularly with the Walter Denton voice. I think of this was probably the second most awkward thing transferring from radio to television. The most awkward thing, of course, was... Fanny Bryce trying to play Baby Snooks in costume in a television appearance when Miss Bryce was in her late 50s. So it wasn't quite that awkward, but Walter Denton on television is very weird. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Russell. Russell has been one of our Patreon supporters since October 2016, currently supporting the program at the... Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Russell. And that will do it for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. Be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you download it from. We will be back next Tuesday with another episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. But join us back here tomorrow for Dragnet, where... Did you spot the guy that just came out? Yeah, I went up straight. Let's follow him. Hustle it. Spot him, Ben? Straight ahead, about 15 yards. He's crossing the street. Yeah, let's get up a little closer. We'll lose him, sure, if the light changes. Come on, run for it. What's the traffic like? Yeah. That was close. He might have spotted us. It's going faster. Come on, Joe, run. Yeah. Don't lose him. Crowd's not helping. Hey, hey, wait a minute. I bet you're a cop. You're chasing somebody. All right, let go of my arm, mister. Let go. Well, you don't have to get tough. Lousy cops take the owner street. I'm going to write the mayor's off. Come on, Joe. He's running for him. Yeah, I see him. Watch the signal up ahead. Hurry, Joe. Almost up to him. Into the parking lot. Hey, you. Stop. Look out, Joe. A gun. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.